This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com. On March 28, 2014, Dave Willits suffered a heart attack at work and died at the hospital later that day. Luckily for him and for us, he was revived every single time and he awoke from his surgery against all odds and he vowed never to take another day for granted. So Dave had thought himself in pretty good shape. He was 53 years old. He'd lost a bunch of weight. He was working out three times a week. So he quickly realized that all his assumptions about how to have a healthy heart were flawed. So he started doing his own research, as many of us do, and one thing led to another, which finally led him to Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn and Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. So while he was recuperating, he watched Forks Over Knives, he watched everything that Dr. Esselstyn had ever done on YouTube, and he ordered the book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, via Amazon Next Day Delivery. As soon as it arrived, he read through it and sent a quick email to the address, the email address listed at the back of the book. And 9.30 in the morning, Dave's cell phone rang with an Ohio phone number. This is Dr. Esselstyn, said the voice, and they had a conversation. And that was the beginning of Dave's return to life. In our conversation, Dave and I talk about his bumpy transition to plant-based diet, what he does now, how he took up running and has turned into a running beast, and his, if they weren't so tragic, really funny interactions with the medical profession, with cardiology in particular, and cardiology's assumption that even if an Esselstyn-type diet is the best one that people could use, it's not even mentioned because the assumption is no one's really going to do it. I got to hang out with Dave this summer at Plantstock at the Esselstyn's farm in upstate New York, where Dave was a speaker and where he told his very moving and very inspiring story to the several hundred people who gathered there under the tent, and I wanted him to tell it to us today. So without further ado, Dave Willits, welcome to the Plant Yourself Podcast. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. So I wanted to start this conversation by having you tell us about your death. Is that all right? That's fine. That's a, probably a good place to start the uh, conversation, I guess. Cool. So uh, what happened? And, and wh when did, how long ago? Well, it's been uh, about two and a half years ago, um, March 28th, uh, 2014. Um, it was just a typical day at work and um, got out of a meeting, was headed back to my office. And um, <clears throat> while I was walking down the aisle way, I just felt a, a, a tingly feeling in my in my body, which was kind of strange to me. And, um, it kind of like stopped me in my tracks and I kind of like looked down at my body, like, what are you doing? And, um, but, uh, continued on back to my office and, uh, that sensation still kind of, uh, stayed there and, um, sat down on my desk and, and kicked back and, uh, kind of like put my head, my hands behind my head and, and uh, trying to that's what was going on, but uh, that made me a little bit lightheaded. So I leaned forward and that felt a little bit better. Um, but still, you know, something was like something was different. And then I started to perspire a little bit, which isn't like me unless I'm like doing some type of a physical activity. Um, so I decided to pick up the phone and uh, call HR and uh, ask her if she had a minute to come back. And she says, uh, sure. And she comes back. She says, what's up? 
And I said, yeah, I'm just not, uh, I'm not feeling too good. She says, well, do you want me to uh, drive you somewhere or call somebody? I'm like, yeah, why don't you call 911? She said, really? I said, yeah, something's just not right, which is not like me at all. So uh, she calls 911, and, and we coordinate where they come to and stuff. And uh, the emergency crew gets there and, and asks me a lot of questions and, and stuff. And um, <clears throat> they hooked up a 12-lead uh, to me, and um, he says to me, he says, Ed, it appears that you're having a heart attack. I'm like, that's cool. And to me, that it just meant there's some, there's some blockage, so let's go find out what the blockage is and get it taken care of. And uh, <clears throat> so they transport me to the hospital, and um, there are communications with the uh, ER department the whole the whole time. Probably about a 20, 25-minute trip. And um, we get to the ER, and there is a uh, team ready to go to work on me. They take off my clothes, cut off my shirt, and slap some pads on me and um, do the incoming questions, you know, seeing if that's my correct name and my address and make sure all that matches and um so i said we're gonna you know take you into the cath lab and, and find out what's going on i'm like all right and um we we had some uh, some fun and games in there i kind of like blew their mind a little bit with the the calmness that i had but uh um ultimately we we go up to the to the cath lab and, and as soon as i go into the room the the doctor comes over and uh, he just looks out down at me. He says, Mr. Willis, are you okay? Are you okay? He said, cough. Make yourself cough. And I'm looking up at him. I can hear everything that he's saying. And I'm, I'm trying to, like, muster up a cough, but I, I couldn't do anything. I just felt my whole body just go completely numb from head to toe and just, a, a, like, a loud ringing in my ear. And um, next thing I remember, I, I <clears throat> something kind of, like, jarred me. And I'm like, pop my head up and I'm like looking around the room and I, I see everybody there, all the nurses, the doctors still there. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And all of a sudden I heard clear. I'm like, crap, they're going to shock me. And it's like, bam, sure enough, man. It felt like the Mack truck just like ran right over me. And then um, about 25 minutes later, I'm in the recovery room and uh, I looked at my 18 uh, year old son and I said, hey, what's up? He says, oh, you need three stents. I'm like, oh, cool. Where am I going to get those? He said, they already put them in you. He said, you flatlined three times. They had to shock you 11 times. They didn't say you were going to make it. So that kind of like put things into perspective. And I, I realized how, how fortunate I was to uh, even even be there. So, wow. that's, so uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's quite a quite a tale. And one, one of the things that strikes me is like you seemed pretty unconcerned through through most of it, you know. I mean, you did you did ask to call nine one one instead of you know, hey, bring me an aspirin and a glass of water. But you said you know you were joking around when you heard you're having a heart attack. You're like, well, that's cool. Like, where? What was your attitude at that point towards you know your 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 emergent sudden change in your in your condition? Well. You know, to to be honest, it, it wasn't. Um, I don't know how I would have reacted had it been a a the atypical heart attack. I guess um, you know, like the elephant sitting on your chest or having trouble breathing or something. But I, you know, when it started, I didn't realize I was having a heart attack. That didn't even really cross my mind um, because I, I was was in pretty good shape at the time. I mean, I was 175 pounds. I 
just lost like 40 pounds like seven months prior to that and had kept it off and was working out like three or four days a week and and pretty active and was feeling really good so so a heart attack wasn't even uh even an afterthought you know it's like uh i just knew that that something was wrong so that probably helped not put me in any type of a of a panic mode although i'm a i'm a pretty laid back guy anyway so um um but but yeah just that the you know the I wasn't overwhelmed by any any strange sensations, so I mean that's what um, helped me able to, uh, to to stay so calm. And, and probably, I mean that's one of the things that that helped save my life is is by staying calm during the whole process. Because it, you know the uh, cardiologist told me um, a few weeks later, you know that if 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 I would have given myself any anxiety, I probably wouldn't have made it. Um, hmm. to to where I did so. Right. So after your son told you that you'd flatlined all those times and you had stents and you had to be you know shocked back, was <clears throat> did you have some sort of emotional reaction at that point? Like once once the the imminent situation had resolved, definitely. Um, when when he said that, I mean, it kind of reality. It was almost instantaneous where it just kind of like, I mean, just thinking about it now, I mean, I could, you know, the, it was definitely an, an emotional experience that I was kind of like digesting. Um, and, and, you know, from, from that point on, probably for the, um, I mean, it, it helped with my, you know, both my boys were there and my sister were there, you know, so it kind of like helped, take my mind off of things but uh, once I got into um, the room and, and everybody left and, and just pondering on, on the set of events that took place it was um, it was a pretty emotional experience for me you know just to um, just to realize that that you know my life ended or, or could have ended for good if it wasn't for awesome technology um, just it's just that fast. I mean, you know, here I was at at work, and, and even during lunch at at that particular day, I went to the gym and worked out. You know, it was just a normal routine day, and and, and for just a a a routine day to, you know, end or almost end as abruptly as it did at two thirty in the afternoon or or whatever time it was. You know, it's just. Um, uh, it's just kind of mind-boggling that uh, you know that we that we walk through walk through life. We kind of like take every day for granted, you know, to a certain extent. You know, we don't you don't think about dying. Um, you know, and I was 53 years old, so I, I you know it 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 didn't even you know death never you just don't think about it. You know, but now there's not a day that goes by that um, that I don't remember that entire process. I mean, every single day for the last two and a half years, I mean, I just, I, I relive that at some point in time during the day in my mind and, and realizing how, how blessed I am to, to even be here. And, and it really gives you a, a, a totally different appreciation of, of every moment of your life, you know, once you've experienced something like that. Mm. 
So <clears throat> right after it happened, you said you'd, you had lost weight, you were working out, you, I guess, on, on the outside were kind of the picture of, of health and doing things right. Did, I, in our culture, there's an assumption that like you're going to get a heart attack or not, you're going to get cancer or not, there's not really much you can do about it. So like, obviously, you know, you've, uh, you've changed a lot of things since then, but right when it happened, were, did you get, did you wonder and did your doctors kind of explain things to you or was it just viewed as, well, that's the thing that happens? Well, my, um, I, I didn't have a, um, a, a, a doctor at the time, um, because I was a pretty healthy guy and I'm your typical male that, uh, I don't really do doctors. Um, I'll, I'll get I'll get over whatever ailment um, comes over me. Um, and then the cardiologist that um, uh, saved my life, I didn't get to talk to him because he he left on a um, out of the country excursion um, right after, and so I never got to see him until like two weeks later. Um, so as far as the, the, I was in the hospital for five days and, you know, they went over the, you know, you had a heart attack, you know, this is, you know, what you need to do from here on out and, and a lot of, of do's and don'ts and, you know, prescription medications that you're going to take the rest of your life and, 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 um, this type of information. But, um, luckily for me, um, my sister, um, when I had the heart attack, she was, she lives nearby and, and she, uh, uh, she was at the hospital, but she had a, um, trip planned down to, um, Hippocrates down in Florida. And, um, so the next day she went down to, um, down to Hippocrates and talked to a couple of, uh, doctors down there and about what I experienced. And, and she sent me a text in, she said, you know, the doctor said to check into a vegetarian or a Mediterranean diet. And um, I'm like, okay. So when I did get out of the hospital, um, I, I Googled, I started Googling vegetarian or vegetarian Mediterranean diet. And I came across a, um, a little Pareto chart that showed vegetarian on the low side and then Mediterranean a little bit better. And then plant-based was better than that. And I'm like, well, what's this plant-based all about? You know, that looks like it's the best one. So I started researching um, plant-based nutrition and um, came across a book called Prevent Reverse Heart Disease by um, Dr. Esselstyn, who I had never heard of at the time. Um, I'm like, that's what I want to know right there. You know, it's like prevent reverse. I mean, I'm all for that. So I, I sent away for the book, um, for like next day delivery on Amazon because I wanted to read it like right now. Um, cause I had, I had a little bit of time to kill, you know, so I couldn't go to work for a few weeks. So, um, and, and then at the, at the same time, there was a place where if you wanted more information, you could, um, email, um, this email address, but it had to be heart specific and it had to be short, you know? So I just sent a, uh, a short thing, something in the likes of, um, you know, three, three flat lines, 11 shocks, massive heart attack. I never want to experience this again. What do I have to do to prevent it? And that and was, and that of, was to someone from the Esselstyn organization. 
yeah, I, I didn't know exactly where it was going to, but um, ultimately that's that's what it ended up being. Um, and and after I sent that, I wanted to find out who this the Dr. Austin guy was, and um, so I hopped on Google and, and uh, <clears throat> found all kinds of stuff on YouTube and, and spent the next several hours watching um, plenty of uh, presentations that he'd given at, at different spots, and and then I, I believe that um, that was that exposed me to uh, the Forks Over Knives documentary. And so I watched that, um, that particular night and then, and then fell asleep. And it, it was probably one or two in the morning when I fell asleep. And then, um, my phone rang at, uh, about nine thirty in the morning and, and I looked at the phone and, and there was a call from Ohio. I'm like, who the heck's calling me from Ohio? And, um, so I was like, hello. And he said, yeah, this is Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. I'm like, shut up! It is not. Man. But I, but I, I knew that it was because he's got a very distinctive voice. You know, you can't. Uh, you know, after watching hours of, of his presentation, I mean, it clearly was Dr. Esselstyn. So I, I quickly um, grabbed my uh, my iPad and, and and put my phone on speaker and, and I re- recorded the thing because I knew that um, I wasn't going to remember anything. Um, and th- that ended up being a 25 minute phone conversation. Um, and, um, uh, from that point, I, I hung up the phone. I went right across the street at the grocery store that I, I lived by at the time and bought every leafy green there was that you could buy and, and didn't even have room to fit in the refrigerator, but I had no idea what to do with it. Most of it went bad because I, I didn't, I couldn't even remember what I bought. You know, it's, it's all labeled stuff when you go to the grocery store. You know, but when you bring that stuff home, there's no labels on it or anything. You know, it's just like some greens. And it's like, okay, well, I don't even know what to look up to on how to cook this because I don't know what it is. Um, but that was the, the, the start of my excursion. Um, but as far as the, you know, the, the doctors and, and stuff, they they didn't, you know, they, they said to follow, you know, look for the heart smart, you know, um, your, uh, your lean meats and, and, you know, all that stuff. They, they really didn't have any dietary suggestions other than the heart smart menu and and what have you. So, um, but the first time that I saw my cardiologist, I was already two weeks into, um, about about a week and a half into being plant-based. And, um, that was a pretty interesting discussion when I did, um, when I did talk to him because they had another stint scheduled for me, um, two weeks later, um, in my widowmaker, because what I thought they said was a, about a 70% blockage when I was in the hospital, um, um, turned out to be a little bit more than that when I talked to my, my cardiologist, but I had, I had postponed the, um, the additional stent until I was able to talk to the cardiologist out of, out of respect for him. Um, because I felt that, you know, plant-based, I might be able to avoid, you know, having, having another stent. Um, so when I, when I did talk to him and, and told him what I was doing, you know, his, he said, well, he says, you know, be careful with that stuff, you know, but, you know, you seem like a pretty motivated person and, and, you know, you might be one of those 3% that is able to, to do something like that. And, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, man. It's like you, 
are aware that this is a potential um, <laughs> cure, but but you already predetermined, you know that you know that most people aren't going to do it, so you don't even tell them about it. You know, to me that was just like mind-boggling. But um, the, the good news is, is since then he has um, seen my numbers, and I just saw him about a week and a half ago, and uh, he says, uh, you know, they, they did all the all the tests and stuff, and and everything was just stellar. And he says, so not taking any medication? I'm like, nope. He says, um, still plant based? I says, yeah. He says. Well, you look great. You're healthier than I am. See you in a year. So <laughs> even though he acknowledges that what I'm doing has, has worked, I don't know if he's passing that on to his his current patients or future patients because that would be the ultimate thing. I mean, it's one thing for a doctor to acknowledge, you know, that, okay, what you're doing is great. Keep it up, you know. It's another thing if they're um, passing that on to their patients to, you know, to, uh, as a potential instead of, you know, going to typical, um, prescription fixes that, uh, that we get. Right. So when you, when you spoke for 25 minutes with Dr. Esselstyn, what did he say? To be honest, it was, it was the exact same thing that I saw him give his presentation to. I mean, he, you know, um, it was like for almost like verbatim and, and, and Dr. Esselstyn is an unbelievable, um, person that, um, I, I've had the pleasure to meet on, on several occasions now. And, um, he's just, I, I wouldn't, in, in my mind, I wouldn't be here if, I didn't run across the the work and the effort that he put forth years ago um, the, because there's plenty of other variations out there, but the, the impact that he has put on my life um, by, by calling me, I mean, for, for one, I mean, who does that? I mean, that's just like, that's unheard of, but the more people that I talk to, that um, are fully aware of of Dr. Russellson, they tell the same story that he that he is so genuine and and that he doesn't hesitate to pick up the phone and call somebody because his belief level is so high as well as it should be because you know he did he did the footwork you know he did um, the uh, he had the patients that were you know death patients, you know, they were, you know, given like not very long to live, get their, get their, uh, their, their life in, in order or get their end of life terms in order and stuff, because they weren't going to, there wasn't anything that, more that they could do for them, you know? So, um, you know, so you just went through, you know, you realize that you damage your endothelial cells and, 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 um, these are things that, that, that damage those cells is your animal proteins, your, your meat, your dairy. Um, it, so you just went, then went down that path. And, um, you know, I, I bought into it, you know, I mean, like I, I, what was I going to do? I mean, I died, you know, it's like, it, what are my options? I didn't, I, I didn't like that experience. 
it, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't fun. And like I said, I, I I relive it every day. I can I can feel what it's like. Um, just the life just going out of my body, you know. So so I was I was looking for something. I mean the the the, the timing was was perfect and. Um, you know, he, he just ex- explained it to me, and, and this is th- these are the studies that that he did with with certain people. This is the success rate that he's had, and and I'm like, I'm in. You know, I'm giving that Kool Aid, man. I'll I'll drink it on down. Yeah, and, yeah. And he, uh, go ahead. Yeah, he. You know, he. You said he called you, and then you like you hightailed it over to the supermarket, and you bought all these greens. And I'm wondering, like, you know, you said you'd seen his presentations. He said the same thing to you that he said in the presentations. Was there something about that call that, regardless of the content, kind of took it up a notch for you? Oh, without, without a doubt. I mean, I, I've never even had a doctor call me anyway, you know, but for some. The ones you're paying. Total, yeah, yeah, some total stranger from, you know, from the Cleveland Clinic calls me in Michigan somebody I've never met before has, has, you know, no connection with me whatsoever. I mean, yeah, regardless of, of what he said after that, I mean, that, um, that just set the tone for me at, um, the, the character of, of, of this gentleman. And, and, you know, it, it got my immediate attention. Uh, my belief level was off the charts. Um, there's, there's, it, nobody could have stopped me at that point in time because of the impression that, that he made on me with that, with that phone call, let alone the information that was, you know, that he puts out there. But it's just that, that, that personal, um, gratification for me was just a, a bond that, um, I will always remember. Mm. And then yet you say you, you bought this stuff and. It, it rotted and you had to throw it out. So what, what did you do? Cause I mean, that's, that's what I find as a, as a kind of, you know, teacher and coach is that people really get tripped up when they're in the kitchen and they just, you know, they have a way of thinking about food of what consists of food of, of what meals look like. And then they've got this whole new language and it's like, they're, you know, they're, they're in a foreign country. They don't speak the language. Like, what did you do to learn the language of plant-based food preparation? You know, it was just trial and error. Um, it, it, I came from, I was, I was in the pizza business for 25 years. I, I um, That was the first job I ever had when I was 14 years old was at a, at a pizzeria. And at 21 years old, I um, opened up my own pizzeria. And I stayed in the business for um uh, just a little over 25 years. Um, so I was, um, I like a commercial kitchen, um, but I used to make, you know, pizza, ribs, fish, lasagna, spaghetti, um, all that stuff. I, I enjoyed cooking, but I'm, I'm a pretty simplistic guy. Um, so when it came to the, the, the plant-based, I mean, I was, um, it was a lot of salads at first uh, because I really didn't know a whole lot, but there was some recipes in um, the Prevent and Reverse uh, Heart Disease book, um, that a couple of simple ones. Um, 
that I was able to uh, to to pick up on and. Uh, breakfast was uh, was probably the easiest thing to um, adhere to, you know, because at at, at first um, it was uh, like uh, wheat bran, wheat and bran shredded wheat um, with uh, some almond milk or some soy milk with uh, with some fruits or whatever. But uh, now I now I just eat um, oatmeal. And Every what, day, I don't, I, I don't get sick of it. So, what was your breakfast before you died? Um, egg muffin on the way to work, or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Pretty much, I, I wasn't uh, much of a breakfast guy. You know, it's usually uh, something on the way in, or maybe maybe a bowl of cereal at best. You know, but uh, usually um, a, a breakfast burrito or, or something like that on the way into work. Uh-huh. So did, did, were there like resources that you that you found helpful? Because that's one of the things I have trouble figuring out for my clients is, you know, they, a lot of people are like, well, tell me what to do. Give me recipes. And I'm torn between like sending them to a website that has like 5,000 recipes because they can get overwhelmed versus just telling them, here's a couple, just do these for a while. Like what worked for you? Yeah, and you're exactly right. I mean, there there are a lot of recipes out there, but the recipes consist of stuff that you've never heard of before, and that's where the overwhelming com- sensation comes in. Is, is like, all right, I've got a list of ingredients. I've never even heard of these ingredients. I don't even know where to buy them. Or do they sell them in the store? Or where, what part of the store do I go to? You know, does it have to be, you know, a, a holistic store or what? So yeah, that, that can definitely be overwhelming. Um, what ultimately works worked for me um, is just just finding a couple of uh, of key meals that I go to because that's what we did that's what we do anyway. I mean, we we eat the same things pretty much over and over and over. You know, we have about I don't know three or four or five meals that we just we we might adapt a, a, a little bit different spices or you know a different like chicken can be like cooked in a lot of different ways but you're still eating chicken you know and and so you've got like staple menu items that that all of us go through regardless of what nutrition um, path we follow you know so i just found a, a couple of uh, a couple of key recipes that that worked for me you know my 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 go-to that I probably eat eighty percent of the time is is brown rice, black beans, um, kale, and some other veggies like some maybe some zucchini or some yellow squash or some mushrooms, some onions, and, and I just mix it all up and um, I'll throw some salsa in there, or some uh, some balsamic vinegar, and um, and eat it up. And, and it's it's a I mean it's a pretty good sized bowl. It's about five or six cups of food in, in one sitting. You know, and and that works for me. So that's that's probably my my go to meal. And there's different <laughs> variations that I can. I'm kind of like a pizza. Uh, I, I can eat pizza every day. Um, in my in my previous life, <laughs> before I died, um, and and, it, and I wouldn't get sick of it because you can put different items on a pizza to make it taste different. You you can have a cheese pizza, or you can have pepperoni pizza, or you can have a pizza with everything on it. You know, and it gives you a different different taste. And and that's kind of like what I look at my, my um, brown rice and, and, and beans. It doesn't have to be black beans. I'll throw in some pinto beans or some, uh, or some uh, garbanzo beans or, or, you know, give it a little a, a different different flavor, you know, but it's still primarily beans and rice, 
and uh, a, a leafy green, whether it be kale or spinach or collard greens. Um, it, it doesn't matter to give me a green and I'll eat it. Um, huh. And then, and then different variations. And, and then, then my other, you can tell you can tell the greens apart now. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, you got your PhD, PhD in uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm an expert. Just ask me. <laughs> um, but uh, and, and then my other uh, split pea soup is is one of my favorites to make. Um, and I mean, one of the things that I found out was a blessing to me was a um, a, a pressure cooker. Uh, I got a uh, one one out there called the Instapot, which was just phenomenal that's taken all all the chores out of of cooking and stuff and it just makes it more so convenient there's a, a, a lot of different recipes that uh yep. that come along with uh with that particular thing so so a split pea soup and, and red lentil chili are probably my favorites along with my, my brown rice and, and and beans um extravaganza and then my oatmeal and i'm good <laughs> that goes against so much of what i, I was conditioned to think of as you know, successfully feeding myself, you know, like this, the same thing every day. Like, I don't have to think about it. Whatever's in the cabinet, I can, you know, the food doesn't, it doesn't have to be beautiful looking in the fridge even. It's like, well, that's about to go. <laughs> you throw that in the pot. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, because I, I, I look at food as, as just fuel. I mean, I, I don't care if I eat or not. I don't have that desire to to, you know, it used to be you would see a commercial on TV or you would see a billboard driving on the road and they would make, you know, just something look just succulent where you just like, you weren't even hungry, but you saw it and it's like, it was attractive and you wanted to go, you wanted to go eat, whether it was that particular thing that you saw or that was advertised or, but it just, it just put on a light bulb in your, in your mind where you, it's like, okay, you need to eat, you need to eat. <laughs> now it's like, I listen to my body when my body, you know, says, Hey, Dude, you need some energy, then then I'll eat. But but typically, um, I, I I never get that hungry feeling. Um, and then when I do eat, I'm set for hours and just full of energy. Um, so, so, know, so was that a, a, a like a switch that flipped? Like you know, so 25 years in the pizza industry, like pizza is a really rich, triggering food. Like I can just you know I can close my eyes and picture the TV commercial where the one slice is lifted off and the cheese is dripping down and the, you know, like pizza is a real trigger food. Like when, when you were, before you died, were, were you kind of in the thrall of, of these hyper palatable foods? And if so, how, like, how did you switch the mindset, not just the eating behaviors? Well, one of the one of the benefits for me was I, I mentioned that I had lost forty pounds previously before I had my heart attack. When I when I lost that forty pounds, it was over a it was during a, a ten week period, and it was a carb cycling um, um, system that I did um, by um, Chris Paulus was the kind of like the creator of it, and um, and so I had already adapted. To, because I wasn't happy with, with myself when I looked in the mirror and stuff. I was like, at the time, I was like probably 215, 220 pounds. And, 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 you know, not obese by any means, you know, but still not happy with myself when I looked in the mirror. And um, so I, I made a determination to, to get back to you know, what I remember my high school weight being, you know, when I graduated from high school. And I and I got down there, and again, that was a that was a system that was put in place. You know, I I had made a determination that I wanted to change, 
and 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 give me a give me a system to to go by, and I'll follow that system and I'll tell you if it works or not. And and so that worked for me. Um, I mean, forty pounds in ten weeks is is pretty doggone good. Um, it's kind of typical to go plant based, but um, so I, I had already adapted my eating pattern. Um, from from that, so that kind of led into it was a, a perfect lead into um, plant based nutrition because I had already cut out the um, the fast foods and a lot of the processed foods and, and stuff. So I was I was eating pretty pretty healthy, even though I was I was off of that. I, I had achieved the weight loss that I had wanted to at that particular time. I had maintained that that. Um, that lifestyle, that that carb cycling routine, you what, know, what, so many what, days of what is carb cycling? Carb cycling, um, it, it you had like um, two days of 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 low carb foods, and then one day of high carb foods, and then uh, another day of low carb foods, and a high day of high carb foods, and then you would it was like a four week um, a, a four week. Uh, revolving um, concepts, and then one of the weeks was all, all a high carb week. So you you had a a plethora of, of choices um, off of this particular um, recipe menu of of food to make, you know, and they were either high carb foods or low carb foods. And and what essentially what it was the concept was is is you're tricking your body into um it can't figure out what you're doing so it's always uh always burning calories um because it it can't because our body does a pretty good job of adapting to what we're doing it kind of like read what we're doing um so the so the carbs liking was kind of a a way to trick trick your body and and it was effective i mean it was um um you know, it was, it, it was immediate, you know, and, and a lot of times that's what it takes is, is, is you want to see results like pretty doggone quick in order to convince you, because if you're not seeing the results fairly, fairly quick, then you're, you're not apt to, to stay on course, you know, and you're going to um, start steering towards the, the, the stuff that got you there in the first place, you know, so. Um, so when it came to adapting to plant-based, I had already adapted to a, a better way of eating. So when it came to plant-based, it was just the, in my opinion, the ultimate way of, of eating. So it was a, it was a fairly smooth transaction for me or transition for me. Um, and, and it, cause I see people, I mean, people ask me all the time, you know, how, how do you do it? How do you know it's like, I had an unfair advantage, you know, I mean, because of what I went through, I mean, that's just the, 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 um, dying, but even, even before that, I was, I was kind of like set up for success, you know, and, uh, but I had, uh, you know, it, but it took a, a decision at an amusement park, you know, in, in Ohio at Cedar Point, I'm a roller coaster fanatic. And, you know, I was at an event and I just looked around and saw a lot of, a lot of big people, a lot of obese people, um, struggling to, to get in roller coasters and, and stuff, you know, and I started to, to judge and, and then I kind of like was beating myself up internally. It's like, what gives you the right to judge somebody? You're not any better than they are just because you're not as big 
as they are, you're not happy. You're not anywhere near what you should be. So I, I had that 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 light bulb um, moment go off in me, and that, and that's what started the the whole. I, I didn't know that it was going to lead to where where it did, you know. But I'm but I'm glad glad that I had that 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 aha moment. Um, and 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 I've had. I think we've all had those in the past, you know, because nutrition and, 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 and weight loss and stuff is like a roller coaster ride. Anyway, we go, I mean, I've gone up and down, up and down. I, I was up, I was at like 227 was my highest and I get down to, I'd get down to 200, 195, go back up to 10. You know, we've all done, you know, that, that roller coaster ride, you know, but to, 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 to see, something as consistent as this. I mean, I've, I've been playing bass now for, for two and a half years and probably within the, within the first four weeks of when I went playing bass, I got down to uh, about 150 pounds. And I, I called Dr. Esselstyn. I said, people think I'm like withering away. He says, well, we haven't lost anybody yet from, from, from withering away. So you'll be fine. Huh. Um, so you down from but, like 175 to 150? Yeah, 150, and now I'm at like 155, and I've, I've maintained 155 for over two years now. I mean, I haven't I haven't fluctuated five pounds one way or the other, you know, within within 155, it, and and that's just that's just crazy because I can I can I can eat as much as I want to, um, you know. I mean, at, at events, you know, that uh, you know that that we can go to. I mean, like like. Plant stock. I, I saw you at Plant Stock a couple of weeks ago, and and I always look forward to events like that because it's always food that I would never eat, um, <laughs> because it takes time to time time to eat and stuff. And, and I just so when I get around foods like that, I just like devour them. And they had some like amazing food there. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about that because they had they had like a pizza night, right? Um, the, do you do you make plant based pizzas, or is that too much of a trigger considering your past? Um, I do. No, I, I have made pizzas and, and I, it, it was really good too. It's just a matter of finding time to, uh, to, to do some of this stuff. Um, but I've actually got, um, a couple of, um, engine two uh, pizza crusts in my freezer right now, um, at home. Um, so when I, when I get back, cause I'm actually down in, in New Orleans right now, I'm just looking out at the, looking out in the hotel room at a, at a river with, uh, with barges like passing by, barge passing by and stuff. It's a beautiful sight, and I'm going to uh, go out and run. I've uh, never ran in New Orleans before, so I'm going to go out and uh, do a little bit of running, you know, which is uh, another new, um, totally new thing to me that uh, that I don't think that I would have ever done had I not um, died and uh, wanted to celebrate in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, let's 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 talk about that because you said you, before you died, you were you were working out three, four times a week. What's the what what happened to your athleticism once you you know, came back, resurrected, and went plant-based. My 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 workouts consisted of pre pre death. My workouts consisted of of mainly um, weightlifting, weight training, um, and just basically keeping tone. And then I used to enjoy, or I still enjoy, um, spin classes because um, the gym that I was at had some like amazing spin classes. Um, and that was always a great workout, just spring out the sweat and just felt so good afterwards. Um, so, so between that and just some basic weight training, a little bit of cardio was about it. Um, and then I wanted to, 
Um, one of the things are after I had my heart attack, I, I went through cardio rehab, which I suggest for anybody that has had to had a heart attack, go through cardio rehab and, and take it serious because there's some, I, I learned, um, so much in cardio rehab because I had them push the crap out of me. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not your typical patient. You know, I am, I want, I'm going to force you to make me work harder. You know, when you ask me what my, you know, what level I think that my exercise is at, I'm going to downplay it so that you're going to bump it up, you know, whereas everybody else was doing the opposite. You know, they, they wanted it to, to, to lessen up a little bit. So I encourage anybody to go through cardio rehab, but I wanted, I wanted to know what those feelings were when I pushed myself, you know, what to expect when I got back into the workout routine. Um, so it took me a little while until I could get back into the gym. Uh, but, but once I got back into the gym, it was the, the same thing, a little bit of weightlifting. It was, it was more cardio based at that time. Um, maybe a little bit of treadmill action, but a lot of spin classes. Um, but I used to, I, I used to hate running, but I'm on my one year anniversary of, of my, um, my rebirth, if you will. Um, I wanted to do something kind of like special, you know? So I'm like, so I started to, to think, I'm like, well, people seem to like run a 5k for, for different events, you know, to, to celebrate something. I'm like, maybe I can find a 5k, you know, on, on close to the one year anniversary, you know? And so I started Googling it and it kind of like in the back of my mind, I was hoping that I wouldn't find one. Um, but sure enough, I did find one that was on the exact day of the one year anniversary. And so I had four weeks to train for it. So I found a training program again, um, a program. I mean, that, that's, that's what moves me. You, you give me a, a structured, something structured to follow and, and, and I can follow it. So I found this four week training program. First day was like 10 minutes on a treadmill. And, and after the 10 minutes, I didn't even get to the 10 minutes, you know, and, I, and I'm already thinking, man, this sucks, man. It's like, <laughs> there ain't no way I'm going to do this. But, uh, but I, I kept at it and, uh, I ran the 5k on my one year anniversary and it felt absolutely phenomenal. It, it actually was a little bit, a lot easier than what I thought it was going to be. Um, what was your so time? We, uh, my time was, um, 20, uh, 26, just under 27 minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah, and it, and it was like ten degrees outside too. It was freezing. You know, it was like March twenty eighth, but uh, two thousand fifteen in Michigan. It, it could be anything in Michigan, <laughs> but uh, it, it could be could be seventy or eighty degrees, or it could be like zero degrees. And it was closer to zero degrees. It was, um, it, it was cold. You know, but uh, but yeah, it felt it, it felt really good. So four weeks later, I ran a ten k, um, and and then that the, the bug kind of like got to me. I'm like. This is this is it. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run, and that was something new to me. I had no idea what I was doing, and I had this this mindset where I'm gonna like, all right, I'm gonna run like uh, 12 5Ks in 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 June, and I laid out all the different races that I was gonna do. I did I did three of them in in a um, uh, about a 26 hour period. There was there was one on a uh, on a on a Wednesday night, and then there was another one. On the, on, on the next next Thursday at six o'clock in, in the evening, and then there is one uh, an hour drive at, at nine o'clock at night. So, um, so I did like three five Ks in, in in a short period of time, not knowing what I was doing, and, and I pretty much just I didn't set myself up for success, you know. And and I had some uh, I had some muscle damage, and and my my twelve five K 
K's in the month of June didn't work out too good, you know, but, uh, um, but that I let myself heal and, and then started to educate myself and, and running a, a little bit, um, to, to get more attuned to, um, to how to do it the, the right way to, you know, because being plant-based I mean that's, that's one of the benefits of, of plant-based is, is your, your body heals, um, so much quicker, um, you know, it, but you still got to, you still got to do it right. Um, so, you know, I just got, got a little bit more educated on that. Um, and then ran a, um, ran a half marathon, um, a, a few months after that, which was, um, which was pretty good, but that was, again, that was, I was coming off of an injury and I didn't give myself time to fully prepare for, for that one. I only had about six weeks to, to train for it. And I didn't put enough miles on, on my body. I mean, the, the most I'd ever ran up until that point was like nine miles and that was a struggle. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to do 13 one, but, um, um, but I did it in, in that particular race called the Brooksy way, um, has a, has a pretty infamous hill, um, at about the nine mile mark. And, and, um, that hill just kind of like, I was doing pretty good up until that point, but that hill kind of like did me in and, and the last three, last three or four miles was a struggle for me. I mean, I was hurting, I was hurting pretty bad. I was still able to, um, I think I finished that one in like, uh, two ten, uh, yeah, just, just a little over two, you know, two hours and 10 minutes. Um, so for the first half was, I was at a pretty good pace because I was literally pretty much walking the last, uh, last mile, mile and a half, walk, walk, run, walk, run type thing. But I was, I was hurting bad, but, uh, but now I, um, now I do it right now. I can go run every day. And, um, actually, uh, I mentioned that I'm, I'm down in New Orleans. So I'm going to go, um, a, a friend of, of yours and, and mine, Josh Lajani, who, uh, just nailed his hundred, uh, hundred miler little hundo action. He's, uh, he's going to come down tomorrow and, um, uh, uh, him and uh, Jason and we're gonna Jason Cohen and we're going to uh, we're gonna go out. They're uh, gonna take me around. We're gonna go on a, uh, about a two hour run. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, I won't, hopefully, it, I hopefully, hopefully, it won't be at their pace. It'll be at like my pace. And, yeah. and they'll, they'll they'll give a uh, you know jo- Josh has a way of making his pace your pace. I'm just yeah. I'm just warning you. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, since he just ran the 100, 100 miler like two, two days ago or three days ago, that uh, he'll still be recovering. But I find that hard to believe. Yeah, Josh, you know, you Josh, know, you know the pace for his last, his night, his hundredth mile, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and had he known that, that the, the guy that took second place was only like less than a minute ahead of him, I think that pace would have even been quicker. So, yeah. All right. So, um, you, you mentioned, you know, waking up in the hospital with your 18 year old son. So you obviously you didn't make this change all by yourself and right. You're, you're part of this family constellation. I'm wondering like, what, what was it like, you know, I don't know who, you know, who was living at home with you at the time and you know, who wasn't, but what, what was it like, you know, navigating this change around other people who, who knew a different guy and who were eating, you know, according to their own agendas. Well, as far as at home, um, it was just, uh, I just, just me and my son lived, lived together. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that was the, that was the easy part because I've heard of, it, it would be a lot more challenging 
Um, and I know that people do have challenges out there where, uh, you know, you've got a, a couple or you've got a spouse or, or whatever, and one of them wants to do it and the other one's kind of like, nah, making fun of them or, or something like that. So, so luckily, um, I didn't have to endure that, um, that type of pressure. You know, I was, I was able to do um, what I wanted to do and I didn't have to worry about anybody else when I was at home. Um, my son, he, you know, 18 years old at the, at the time, um, he was, um, uh, still in school. He was a, and it's, that's another one of those kind of look back moments. It's like, holy cow, man. It's like, if you're going to have a heart attack, should have been like before that, because four weeks before I had my heart attack, my son's a wrestler. Um, uh, very, very good wrestler. Um, and, and he was in the, um, in the, in the state tournament and he was in the, he was ranked second in the state at the, at the time. And this was after like taking 10 months off of, of the sport because he kind of like, uh, got, got sick of it for the most part, but he decided to get back into it right to, uh, right to the last minute, which I'm glad that, that he did, but he was in the semifinals. Um, and, and the, 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 the pressure because, there was, you know, a little bit of hype people because he, he came back without, you know, practicing a lot and stuff. People didn't know what to expect, you know? So there was a lot of people that were like watching that. And, and so the, the nerves, you know, as a parent, um, watching that at a, at a, at a, at a place like it, uh, it was at, at the palace in, in, in Michigan, which is where the, uh, where the Pistons play, you know, so it's a pretty, pretty big venue, you know, so a lot of people there and stuff. And, and, and you would, you would think that, you know, it, 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 from a parent's perspective, if you're going to have a heart attack, it's going to be watching your kids perform in front of thousands of people, you know, at, at, at that level. But, um, um, he ended up taking, taking third in, in, in the States, you know, but, you know, so luckily I didn't, it, you know, it didn't happen there. That would have been tragic had I, I had a heart attack watching my kid wrestle. Um, but uh, so he, he, he he's not home that much. So he, he'll eat whatever I fix. Um, you know, so he would hop on board fully if, if I was better at, um, you know, pre- preparing stuff and, and always having it available. But, but I don't um, because I'm just not that, I'm not home that much. I'm pretty, pretty active guy. Um, so, so I didn't have to worry about any, any family issues, but at, at work, you know, people see it. And, and to this day, and there's still people that will make fun of, you know, what I eat, you know, eating, eating grass, you know, they'll, they'll, everybody's got their little comments. Um, but it, it's all for fun, basically. I mean, they, I, I think that, that I've, I've had an impact with, with some people, not necessarily, um, to, to go plant-based, but, the, but I see people eating better and I see people, um, diff, different people losing weight, you know, putting on, put, putting plants together. So, uh, so I think from a health conscious perspective, the, the people that are around me every day, I think that there is a, um, there's an impact there. I, I wish that there was more of an impact, but, um, but you know, it, it's something that'll come in time. You know, it's like, even with me, jumping on board with Dr. Russell's plan, you know, and, and <clears throat> drinking the Kool-Aid, you know, if, if you will, the, the only thing that's going to, that's going to prove if this works is longevity. You know, I, I can't prove right now that I wouldn't have had, um, you know, I mean, I haven't had 
a heart attack. Hopefully I never will have another heart attack in my mind. I'm setting myself up. So I'm, um, pretty much heart attack proof, you know, with, within reason. Um, but, but, you know, people are, people are watching me, you know, they're, and, and people, um, people are watching, you know, different people that, that hop on board the, 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 the plant-based lifestyle, you know, the people watch you because unfortunately some people want to see you fail so that they can say, see, that's why I didn't do it. It doesn't work anyway. You know, so, so knowing that, that people watch that, that gives me even more of a drive to, to stay 100% because I, I since I did it, I've been 100%. I haven't compromised one single bit, um, knowingly anyway. I'm sure that I've eaten something somewhere that probably had some oil in it that I didn't know about. Um, but, but for the most part, you know, I'm 99.9% compliant um, for, for the last two and a half years now. Um, so, so people are, are, are watching some, some people kind of like want to see you fail. Um, but when, you, but the longer you go, the more attention it gains and the more power it gets and, and the more momentum that is created. And, and, and I think that, I think that we're seeing that, um, in, in our society now is, uh, you're going to grocery stores now. You're going to restaurants where you've got these um, vegan options, and, and and I don't I don't like the term vegan for me per se because it, it, there's a lot more to um, to to veganism than than um, than eating. Um, for me, it was all about the health. It was all about you know the the food. So that's why I, I much prefer plant plant based or plant strong or plant perfect, you know, it's all about plants to me. I mean, there are many other benefits that come along with um, going to a plant-based nutrition that I am learning and adapting to and jumping on board with, you know, but it's all about health for me. And, and, and so, so we've got a lot more options than, than we ever had before. Um, and, and I think that that's going to continue because people see success many success stories i mean another good friend of ours tim kaufman i mean he's he does an incredible job of exposing his story and um and and sharing with with others and i mean right now he's he's in the process of, of sharing like 30 days worth of worth of success stories from from all different walks you know and and so there's there's some momentum there and I think that's going to be a sustainable um, momentum, you know, and, and like back in, in Michigan, I said back again, because I'm like looking out at another, uh, another barge going by. Um, but we've got a, a, you know, something that was created about, about three years ago, you know, our, our PBNSG, which is plant-based nutrition support group, you know, started by Paul Chatlin. I mean, he had, a, he kind of like went through it, he didn't, it, it was a different experience, but he went through Dr. Russellson and, and, and we got this connection that was made. And, and so he, he wanted to, to pay forward what he had learned. So he started this, this group started out with like, uh, I don't know, a handful of people led to, and then I, th- I think he might've had a hundred people um, at, at one of his, his first like get togethers. And now that's evolved into he's got over 2,500 members now, and and he's he brings in um, 
people like yourself and, and Dr. Esselstyn and um, um, Colin Campbell and, and all these all these phenomenal people that have done the research and, and that are that are wanting to, to get the to the word out, you know. So you're you're seeing um, little explosions like this and 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 uh, a lot of momentum and and it's it's encouraging, you know. It makes it a little bit makes it a little bit easier. It's not like we're on an island out by ourselves. What do you what's uh, what's in store for you? Maybe you know in terms of uh, of running or activism. Like what what's uh, what's up for you in the next year? Well, uh, right now I'm training for a um, a marathon. I did I, I attended a marathon back in April, um, but um, two I, there was an 18 week um, training program that I was going through, and then in week 16 I pulled um, a hip flexor, I had a hip flexor strain, uh, which I didn't know what it was at the time, but um, it kind of like set me back a little bit. But I still attempted the marathon. Um, it was doing pretty good and then at about um i mean i didn't i wasn't feeling any pain at all you know and then at about 16 and a half 17 miles that that hip flexor strain kind of like raised its ugly head and said hey remember me and it's like and that kind of like put me put me down it was another cold cold event thank you michigan um but it was it was freezing and as soon as i started slowing down i just like i, I mean all that I just froze. I mean, all the, the, the sweat and stuff that was in, you know, my clothes and stuff. I, I just, I couldn't go on. So that was, um, pretty disappointing for me, but, um, you know, not discouraging enough to, uh, to make me stop, you know, so now I'm training, uh, for a marathon in, um, November, November 6th, I believe it is. Um, and hopefully I'll bust that out and, and I'm going to do it one step at a time, but I tell you what, man, it's like you guys in your, and your ultras and your, your, the 50 K's and the 50 milers and stuff. It's and, and then, and then talking to, uh, you know, the running with Scott Jurek at, at Plant Sock was just inspirational as all get out and, um, and, and, and meeting Rich Roll and, and talking to him. And we've got an opportunity, actually, we've got Rich Roll coming in, um, to speak in, in, um, um, the end of October and he, he agreed to, uh, come in a day early to, uh, do a little fun run with us. So that's going to be, that's going to be a blast. So, um, I, I'm going to do one step at a time. I want to get a, a marathon under my belt, you know, but I really have a passion to do a little bit more than just a marathon, whether it be a, uh, you know, start out with a, with a 50 K maybe, maybe next and just, just see where it goes, you know, because, um, it's, it's, I don't know, guys like you and and uh, and Josh, and and just I don't know. There's a little bit of inspiration there that uh, you have know, to make it sound so so doggone fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you're you're an inspiration for me as well as for many other people. So I'm I'm really glad you decided to hang around for a while on this on yeah. the, on this plane of existence because it's a, it's a better world with you in it and and with you and watching you kind of come into your own power and, and, and grace of running and being a, um, you know, such a powerful ambassador for, for this, this way of living and eating that, uh, you know, that we, we just want to tell everybody about. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, no, I appreciate it. There's like kind words and, and I feel an obligation. I mean, it, it's, it's once you know this stuff, you, you can't, it's hard to, to keep it in and not share it, you know? So, I mean, I, I don't know why I survived, 
but I survived. And, and because of my survival, um, I'm not just going to like sit on my hands and, and, and not do anything about it. I've learned some incredible stuff and, and I want to share that with everybody. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you look at me as a guinea pig. I mean, I, I, I came across a, you know, a, a study that said for, for people that were runners before they had a heart attack and had a heart attack, they shouldn't run over 30 miles a week, you know, because their, their mortality rate goes up. You know, they didn't talk about anything about plant-based nutrition in there. So I, I feel that I can, I can prove that theory wrong. And, you know, so I'm kind of like a guinea pig. So, you know, keep an eye on me and, and, uh, and see what happens. I mean, I'm not, I'm not naive about it. I, I'm, I'm doing it the right way. I, I, you know, get stress tests and stuff um, on, on a regular basis just to make sure everything's on, on the up and up. So, uh, um, you know, so yeah, keep, keep an eye on me and then I'll let you know if I'm successful or not. Only, yeah. only time will tell. Cool. Um, in terms of keeping an eye on you, do you have like a, a blog or a website or Facebook? What's the best way to fo- for folks to connect with you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything going on. And Facebook is probably the, uh, the, the the best thing for me. I don't have a blog. I've, I've been wanting to, but um, um, I know there's some there's some a lot of time involved there, and and uh, you know, some of you guys that, that do it, and I, I know the uh, the time it takes, and I just haven't got there yet. Although I would like to. Yeah, right, so well, I'll, for now. so I'll put a link to your Facebook profile. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. And then folks can follow you and you can decide if you want to friend him back or, or just be a shining beacon out there leading there leading go. the way. Well, D- Dave Willits, thank you so much for taking the time today. Howard, I appreciate you having me. All right, be well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes with links at plantyourself.com slash 175. If you're new to the show, you can catch up on 174 archived episodes over at plantyourself.com, where you can also sign up for the weekly email newsletter. Thanks to Plant Yourself podcast patrons Josina, Michelle Holt, Colleen Peck, Alan Christensen, Leah Stoller, Victoria Dolomanova, Elsbeth Feldman, the mysterious Michelle X, David Bizek, Jenville Kinofsky, Tina Ahern, Tina Scharf, Christine Nielsen, Rachel Barons, Melissa Cobb, Ellen Kennelly, Mary Jane Wheeler, Amanda Heatherly, Amy Good, Tammy Black, Barbara Whitney, Elizabeth Clifton, Dominic Morrow, Brittany Porter, Anthony Disson, Lynn McClellan, Kim Harrison. I did it backwards. It was like saying, singing uh, the ABC song backwards. I tripped up a couple of times. But thank you all for your generous support of the podcast. If you would like to support the show, you can share this and other episodes on social media via email. And you could write a review on iTunes. That's so important to us. I just got a new one last week. It says, my go-to podcast for all things WFPB, exclamation point, exclamation point. And WFPB, of course, is the phrase coined by my co-author and mentor and friend Colin Campbell, Whole Food Plant-Based. And this review was by Healthy underscore MindBody. And Healthy underscore MindBody says, Howard's lineup of interviewees touches on every aspect of the whole food plant-based lifestyle, really driving home the message that now more than ever, what we put in our mouths every day affects not only our health, but also the health of our planet and the well-being of all our fellow earthlings. A must subscribe for everyone, regardless of where you are on the plant-based continuum. So, wow, a must-subscribe for everyone. So I only have about 6.99999 billion people to go, and that will become a reality. 
In garden news, the fall greens are popping their heads out, and we are now in a very friendly life-or-death competition with various critters and varmints for the last of the fall harvest, for the pecans, for the scuppernung grapes, and for the sweet potato greens. So uh, we're, we're trying to figure out how to coexist, as all of us need to do in a world where there are multiple ecosystems, multiple niches, lots of competition, and we're trying to play fair and, and still get the bounty of our, of our good work. That's it for this week. So as always, be well, my friends. <laughs>